Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here of course with Byron Lambert, and this is the week 16 DFS edition of the podcast. We're going to be talking about the uh, week 16 main slate over there at DraftKings that we'll have on Christmas Eve. I uh, want to first start off by saying, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all the Roster Watch Nation. We love you guys. Uh, hope everybody enjoys their football this weekend, enjoys being with their family, their friends, uh, celebrating this time of the holidays uh, in whatever way that they see fit. We hope you get there safely. Uh, we hope that if you are traveling that um, we can be a helpful companion to you here uh, in your car or in your airplane uh, as you get from point A to point Point B, talking about this fantasy game that we all love so much. Also, to those of you in your championship rounds, uh, best of luck to all you guys. Byron, I, I don't, um, I, I, I just, I don't know what to say. I don't know how I'm going to hold in my excitement about this year's Senior Bowl. We just got news today that Baker Mayfield is going to be there. Yeah, and for those that that doesn't really strike a chord with or maybe resonate with, you need to understand that this, the Senior Bowl is where we went to watch Kareem Hunt and Jamal Williams and who Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cup last year. It's where we, it's where we came back screaming to the rooftops about David Johnson. <laughs> you know, it's it's um it's been such a, it's been such a vital part of our process, the senior bowl that kicks off all of the maniacal off-season travels and travails that we partake in and honestly, we're coming into my favorite part of the season. I'm starting my first um you know, dynasty rookie scouting um, evaluation on James Washington of Oklahoma State. I've really enjoyed doing that. That's a sick player that I just love. Have you seen much of James Washington this year, Byron? No. Or just over the past the course of the past couple, you're going to love him at the Senior Bowl. Um, I just he's a he's a player who I'm having a hard time coming up with a comp for, but he reminds me a lot of like a Justin Blackman. Maybe meets a little bit of Jarvis Landry. Just a, I mean, really really good little player there. Um, I, I, and not even really little, just kind of just interesting body shape. But we, we we have a whole we have a whole off season to talk about all these prospects and talk about the dynasty stuff. Uh, we do have a big a big week 16, 16 slate here to break down for the uh, main Sunday slate. But I I just I can't believe I just wanted to get it out there about the Senior Bowl. Just you know this group of wide receivers, this group of running backs and this group of quarterbacks, you know, the people that we're most interested in going there to see just seem like they're going to be some of the best that, you know, we've seen there in Mobile. And this will be our seventh year covering it for all of Roster Watch Nation. Well, I can't I can't and stress enough that, look, people people pay a lot of attention, obviously, during the fantasy team. That's, you know, that's, that's showtime. That's when everybody's watching. That's when every, all the excitement's going down. But – 
I mean, all of the intelligence that will be baked into next year's draft cheat sheet, the 2018 draft cheat sheet for, you know, PPR, two quarterback and standard leagues that comes out next August, all of that begins at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, it's where it starts, and we'll have the live podcasts there from the Senior Bowl. We'll have some live broadcasts on SiriusXM as well. Uh, of course, we'll have the live broadcast just like last year from the NFL Combine, bringing you all the inside scoop and all the um, all of the uh, you know behind the scenes scuttlebutt that we are hearing. We'll have our content up at rosterwatch.com for our pro members, and also these podcasts, and uh, you know we'll continue them through the pro day tour and. Everything else is we're picking up this information en route to the NFL draft, uh, en route to the rookie mini camps, and then of course the training camp tour. All of it through your support as members of Roster Watch Nation. If you guys have been members for the whole football season, you know we do still have DFS content going up. We're going to be talking about the DFS content, the DFS cheat sheets available right now at rosterwatch.com. We will have those through the championship weeks, and then you know starting. Next week, we will start rolling out the uh, Dynasty rookie evaluations for our pro members. Those will continue along with a lot of other proprietary tools that will continue to roll out through the NFL offseason, including the MFL 10 cheat sheet uh, and other uh, NFL draft-related and prospect-related tools that are going to help you not only in your Dynasty leagues, but just help you to be the most informed member in your whole fantasy you know, world. And that's always been our goal. It's always been our mission. We can't tell you how much we love you guys for allowing us to be able to do it by getting pro memberships at rosterwatch.com. Just one other quick thing while we're talking about pro memberships. If you don't have one, you can go get one right now. Sign up's quick and easy. It's cheaper than a cheap cup of coffee. Also, if you like these podcasts, please go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a review in there. It's going to help us greatly in uh, attracting advertisers during this time of the year where Actually, our numbers spike <laughs> for the NFL draft portions of these podcasts. So, um, you know, as we come into this important time where our audience actually, in the weirdest way, sort of grows biggest while we're gathering all this intel that goes into our uh, winning fantasy uh, tools and uh, proprietary methods, uh, we would certainly appreciate a boost from you guys as far as um, ratings and reviews. We were sorry to miss the pod last week. I had just welcomed the uh, newest addition to my family, a new little infant baby boy, uh, last week. And, you know, it was the weekend before, and, you know, my daughter brought home some kind of bug to the house. And with all the stress and everything like that, I just, it it wasn't going to happen last week. But happy to be back healthy and happy now and caught up on some sleep, ready to break down this, uh, what do you always call it, Byron? Just a big, burly, big, burly Sunday slate. Yeah. Also, it's worth mentioning that all the maniacal NFL draft coverage will lead directly into things like the MFL 10 and best ball cheat sheets, as well as the Dynasty rookie draft cheat sheets. So with DFS tech action taking us, our pro subscribers, all the way through the end of January and then maniacal draft coverage for 90 days live on site at the Pro Days Tours, it's not much longer before you're back in the action with MFL 10 best ball drafts and all of your dynasty rookie action. Uh, so it's very, very important. This is where it all happens, and this is actually where we need the support of Roster Watch Nation the most is throughout the offseason. This is where all the magic happens. Everything that's gotten us to the playoffs, to our championships now, all the intelligence baked into the draft cheat sheets in August, all of that comes from now. And we can do more of it with more support in the offseason. So, you know, Alex, I don't – 
Kareem Hunt, Keenan Allen, Alvin Kamara, they they got you there. And that was all information from the Pro Day Tour, all information from, you know, all, all of the rookie scouting, all of the, uh, all you know, not just the Pro Day Tour, but also the training. Oh, God, that's tour. the tip and of the just, iceberg. What about yeah. all the Todd Gurley yeah. ownership? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah, Roster Watch Nation was a winning nation this year. And um, um, I am happy to be in the championship in my biggest league, and I'm happy to hear so many in Roster Watch Nation have their championships this weekend. But even the, even those of us who don't, we're going to win some cash in DFS. It's a big week 16. It's a tough it's a tough week 16, man. Like I it's a week where I really want to pay up at running back, I think. But I'm just having a really hard time finding value that allows me to. I think we're going to we just had the uh Hyper DFS and the uh, week 16 uh, DraftKings and FanDuel sheets go up at rosterwatch.com. A little bit of value, I think, starting to open up here as the week ends, but I'll be interested to see where you see it, Byron. Hey, and also, what about that Russell Wilson and Jimmy Graham value and that Carlos Hyde and Marquise Goodwin value? We got the Hunter Henry action from the training camp tour. Dude, it was a, it was an absolute monster. The confirmation on Cooper Cup. The confirmation to fade Sammy Watkins. The, the confirmation to fade Amari Cooper. All in on Michael Crabtree if we were going to have anything to do with that situation. You know what? Hadn't been good lately, but it was a great start to the season. And and you know, Crabtree had a Crab, Crabtree had a, a monster last week. Yeah, it's it's been, yeah. he he's been good. I mean, between Keenan Allen and Michael Crabtree, we were just Robin fools blind with good wide receivers in the draft and. Look, the thing with Marshawn Lynch did not work out early, but it sure has shaken out lately. He is he's he's turned out to be a high end RB two on the season. And if you were able to keep him on your team, man, that thing's even come home to roost here down the stretch in a big way. So all of that intelligence pays off pays off the most. That it's our picks, our secret sauce or our picks, and the way we get that information in the offseason, and we can we're just able to do way more of it when we have continued support from Roster Watch Nation throughout the year. So we appreciate it, and we ask that you stick with us. So, Alex, actually, fortunately, this this slate is not quite as big and burly because we have the two... One other one other thing about about sticking with, with Roster Watch through the offseason, whenever you do, your price gets grandfathered in. And I'm not saying we're going to raise the prices, but just... You know, your price gets 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 grandfathered in, and there's still people that get roster watch for 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 you know one dollar less a month, you know, because they've been supporting members of roster watch for now like four years. So you know, as we continue to improve and as we continue to bring new tools and we continue to invest in the company, at some point the prices of of it, you know we're the, we are by far the cheapest in the entire industry, especially for those pr- pr- providing you know powerful DFS tools as well that help you week in and week out. And so, you know, as far as your price, you know, you get that super, super, super cheap, less than a cheap cup of coffee price locked in for as long as you're a member, just just by sticking around through the offseason and making sure that you are the most knowledgeable uh, fantasy football player of anybody who you know. Fortunately, the slate's not quite as burly this week. The main slate on DraftKings, the Sunday main slate on DraftKings, because we've got the two Saturday night games and we've got the two Monday night games. Uh, I'll say we'll start with quarterbacks as usual. And I I noticed right off the two quarterbacks that Alex and I seem to have quite a bit of agreement on were Cam Newton and Matthew Stafford. Does not look like Matthew Stafford made the sheet, but Cam Newton certainly did at a ripe $6,800. 
Yeah, um, I was a little bit surprised to not see that Stafford get get enough trends. They got Cincinnati. They just Marvin Lewis just sucks. They have given up on him. They know he sucks. I, I you know, AJ Green is a guy who I kept looking at, and I was like, I was like, man, AJ Green, sixty seven hundred dollars. You know, I know it's Darius Slay. I know he hadn't been any good lately, but then you just you think about it, and he just hasn't. You know. This has been an awful year for A.J. Green. Nobody in all of Roster Watch Nation owns him. And only four targets last week. You know, I know know it's Xavier Rhodes, but, you know, I don't think Darius Slay is Xavier Rhodes. Um, It's still probably enough to get me off of uh, A.J. Green there on the other side. I just... You want, you know, the one thing you wonder about is you think that Detroit might end up just really kicking Cincinnati's ass just because they seem like they've turned it in and then they could turn to the run. But then you think to yourself, well, who are they going to turn to the run with? They seem like they hate Amir Abdullah. You can't run between the tackles with Theo Riddick and, you know, Tyon Green looks like a huge slug. So I think, I think that Stafford is um, the only way that I might like him more is if he was at home. And maybe that was the final trend that could keep him off the cheat sheet. But, yeah, certainly somebody who I'm interested in as a secondary play uh, did, did, didn't make it on the sheet as far as Cam. I just feel like that's the nuts, man. It's been, what, uh, it's been five or it's, now it's been six straight games where he's had at least at least eight rushing attempts. Let me pull it up. He's, it's been something like that. Uh, Cam Newton, over the course of the last, let's see, one, two, Okay, well, only six in week 13, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I mean, seven, eight. So basically, going back to week five, there's only been two times where he's had less than seven rushing attempts. 14 rushing attempts last week versus Green Bay, 11 the week before uh, versus Minnesota at home. This is another home game versus a uh, Tampa Bay defense that is 100% absolutely putrid. I think that uh, Cam Newton is in a, a terrific spot here in a game that, a game that uh, I believe you know this has a lot of playoff implications too. This is a this is a must win game for the Carolina Panthers for that uh, you know for that race in the NFC South. So uh, I think Cam is a perfectly viable option this week. I think that if you're looking to play Cam, I think that it makes all the sense in the world to maybe bring him back with a Mike Evans. I think that Mike Evans in this matchup at 6,500. Whenever you look at his pricing this week, it's just abs- the pricing is. What did I say? Sixty five hundred. That's just absurdly low. That's sixty four hundred. Sixty four hundred. That's down sixteen percent from his season average over the course of the season. So the you know the cheapest we've seen Mike Evans this year in the matchup. He's going to get, talk about Senior Bowl intelligence. What did we tell you guys? Number twenty four for the Carolina Panthers was a fraud his rookie year, and we told you. James Bradbury, you know, he got a lot of hype because people just thought he looked like Josh Josh Norman or something. You know, he wore number 24, and he came in there. He looked kind of big and long and good. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's regressed this year, and there's no way that I don't think Mike Evans can make mincemeat out of him, especially now that we know that O.J. Howard is going to be out. It looks an awful lot like Deshaun Jackson is going to be out. Uh, we have Dirk Cutter coming out this week and saying that he's told Jameis and Jameis coming out this week and saying the same, that he has not been throwing it to Mike Evans enough and letting Mike Evans make a play on the football. So I think that um, it makes all the sense in the world to, uh, if you do play Cam, maybe play Mike Evans there on the other side. It's a, it's a great correlation play there between a quarterback and an opposing wide receiver well, one. It, quarterback 
high-end quarterback pricing is depressed this week, so the analytics are really directing us to go ahead and quote-unquote pay up for quarterback this week on the main slate of DraftKings. You know, again, it's it's relatively good value uh, in terms of paying up. We got a lot of options there from sixty-five hundred uh, to seven thousand. Cam Newton kind of. In the square, square in the middle of that, and a guy that we've both zeroed in on, and the analytics have zeroed in on. But it appears from our models, there's plenty of reasons to like Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Tom Brady. All all guys you have to be interested in this week uh, at a at a similar price point. Yeah, I mean, I let me look and see. Did did we? For some reason, the, I thought I was. The problem is you can't it. make all those lineups. You know what I mean? For for most most no, normal you got, users, you, got zero you gotta one. pick. You yeah. gotta pick one of those guys. And for me, in the end, it was Cam Newton. They all made they all made the sheet. So there's some good options. Well, for me, it's Cam Newton or it's, or it's Russell Wilson. I think that uh, ownership will be a little bit off of Russell Wilson this week. Even going up against Dallas, who's just whose defense is no good. This is a game where well, I I don't know the exact scenarios, but I believe they'll come into this game both of them, unless something, what something when 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 does Atlanta play? Do they play before them? Does Atlanta? I don't think that Atlanta is going to beat New Orleans. I think that there's some scenarios where maybe this game is going to be meaningless for the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm not sure that. Um, I'm not sure that they're likely scenarios. I, I, I should have probably looked up what the exact scenarios were before we came on the pod. <laughs> I'll certainly look them up before we go on our serious show. But I think as of right now, what I'm thinking is I love Russell Wilson. Even though we couldn't get him on our cheat sheet, I do not He made think, the cheat sheet. Which he I, made the cheat sheet. No, 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 no. And I was actually going to say we, Doug Baldwin didn't make it, uh-huh. but he did make the cheat sheet. I love Russell Wilson. I love pairing him with Doug Baldwin. We've seen what slot wide receivers have been able to do against the Dallas Cowboys so far this season, and it's, that's a trend that's just gotten even better and better for opposing slot wideouts over the course of the last five to six weeks. And, I mean, I love pairing it with my favorite play on the whole entire slate, which is the, which is the big dog. You know, the big dog's going to eat, and he's going to eat, and he's going to eat, and he's got fresh legs, and he's got juice for days. The big dog, Ezekiel Elliott, is only $8,000 on DraftKings. He's $9,100. He's $1,100 cheaper than a $9,100 Todd Gurley. Um, He's cheaper than Alvin Kamara. He is cheaper than uh, Mark Ingram. He has photos from working out in New Mexico or working out down in Mexico or wherever where he looks skinnier than ever. I love... Uh, and the idea of Ezekiel Elliott with fresh legs, you know, running up against this Seattle defense that people are going to think is good. But, I mean, they, all they need to do is think about last week and see those wide open holes that the that the Lamborghini, Todd Gurley, was able to just cruise through. I think that Ezekiel Elliott at home as a home favorite in this matchup could make mincemeat of these idiots. And I love bringing it back with the Russell Wilson to Doug Baldwin stack. And I don't think that Doug Baldwin is going to see exceptionally high ownership either. He's been bad, but it's about time for a, it's about time for a big Doug Baldwin game. You know, this is a, like coming down the stretch at the end of the season, get, getting into crunch time. It's about time for Russell Wilson to go big to Doug, Doug Baldwin. And I don't think that it could, I don't, you know, even last week, whenever the game was completely out of hand, I tweeted about it from our Twitter at Rosterwatch. Just saying, why is Russell Wilson still even in this football game? They're down five scores with like eight minutes left. What are they even doing? So, you know, Russell Wilson's going to stay in there firing the football around regardless of the, you know, regardless of the script, uh, regardless of how the game's going. 
So yeah, this is. I would say that that game is one that I'm super, super interested in, uh, really focusing in on. So I think for me, yeah, it's it's Cam, it's Russ. Those are the two players that on the entire main slate sort of stick out to me the most, and the two that I'm going to be sort of building my, build, kind of building my lineups around, and also figuring out good ways to stack in those games. And the first things that you know stick out to me as far as how to stack them, if I'm playing Russ, I gotta play Zeke. If I'm playing Cam, I think I gotta bring it back with Mike Evans. He's just too cheap. Do you trust Mike Evans yet, or do you just think this is a bad season? He just doesn't look as good. I think this is an opportunity to be interested in Mike Evans. Would I bet the house on it? He's Would coming I bet off. The he's coming off. A, he's he's coming yeah, off. This a real is a nice good game. spot to get in on Mike Evans. If it doesn't work out, I won't be overly surprised. Uh, he he didn't make the sheet, but you might be forgetting too. We were warming up with a cup of coffee early last Sunday morning. To oh no, he ended up he ended up making the sheet. No, he no, I was I was going to say the other guy from that matchup. If you're talking about Cam Newton, is it Greg Olson? Who did? Oh, who yeah. didn't? Who didn't we, make the sheet? But yeah. we real, we we got real toasty with a cup of coffee last Sunday morning <laughs> on a four thousand yeah. dollars Greg Olson. Uh, well, it's just on Sunday morning. We on 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 Sunday morning. We just started thinking. Wait, it's Greg Olson. He played ninety percent of snaps last week. He hasn't been on the injury report all week. You know. What are we? Why aren't we talking about Greg Olson? He's a fifty-five hundred dollars player. Of course, this week he's up to be. He is up to fifty-two hundred, but the matchup is you know as good or better this week you know than it was last week. Uh, actually, a the last week was last week was Green Bay, right? So it's a much better matchup this week for Olson than it was last week. Um, yeah, so uh, I think he's a perfectly reasonable option to pair with Cam Newton. I'm actually more comfortable pairing Greg Olson with Cam Newton at this point than I am. Uh, paying you know over a thousand dollars more to pair him with Devin Funches. Could, couldn't agree more. I'm interested in all of it. Uh, you mentioned you you were commenting on the Seattle matchup. Uh, I, I'm interested in all of that one as well. And Doug Baldwin is the sneaky guy that's really got my attention this week as well. I noticed Alex this week's uh, DraftKings DFS cheat sheet for our pro subscribers at RosterWatch.com. I see that your guy Alex Smith just missed the cut but is trending pretty well but he did miss the cut this week but your guy drew stanton made the cut yeah well i don't know if he's really my guy but if you look at the games the two games he was able to finish um 15 points in each of those you know around 15 points in each of those and this is by far the worst defense that he'll face he's at home versus the new york giants uh, if I pull up the roster watch matchup tool available to our pro subscribers, this is the number three matchup on the week for opposing quarterbacks. Um, Arizona is favored in the game, over under, you know, relatively low at 40 points. But what do we know? We know that Drew Stanton probably has a better connection with Larry Fitzgerald than uh, Blaine Gabbard ever did. So I'd, lo I'd love a guy that's going to uh, be leaning on Larry Fitzgerald against a defense who might not be able to stop the old man. I think it's a good way to get some savings in a week where it's really, really hard. In a week where I want to pay it, I mean, you want to pay it for two runners this week, don't you? You don't want to pay. You don't want to pay down for one of these middling runners like a Deion Lewis or something, do you? I'm actually. A, I don't want to say not many of the guys that I've zeroed in on at the running back position in my research prior to this podcast landed on this week's draft cheat sheet i like the group that we have i think it's it's an interesting one i don't i don't want to say i'm confounded by it uh but certainly i can't i can't wait to hash that out i mean should should we just get right to it hey by the way yeah. the giants the giants have been an absolute money spot 
for the tight end this year, but still no love for Ricky Seals-Jones. It just doesn't seem like that thing's been coming home to roost lately, huh? No, I told you last week. I don't. I, I'm not gonna buy that. I'm not gonna buy it. It's like uh, Trashman tried to get us on that. He tried to say no, Jermaine Gresham. It's gonna be Ricky Seals Jones picking up the slack. And I just said no, it's not. Ricky Seals Jones has the Ricky Seals Jones set of plays. That is a raw, raw player. He'll never get the snap you know? count because he can't block. I mean, he's not a blocker. He has his. Yeah, he can't block. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's so he's raw. Like they're not gonna. They're they're not gonna. They're not gonna give him the action. So. Like I said last week, you're going to see a lot more of Troy Nicholas and whoever else, and it's still going to be just the same out of RSJ. Now, would I be surprised to see RSJ, you know, luck into a touchdown or something this week? Maybe I actually would, because I'm not sure that Drew Stanton has any kind of connection with him. I thought that that might have been a Blaine Gabbert kind of deal anyway. I, I think that this is going to be a whole lot more of Larry Fitzgerald if we're talking about those intermediate and those crossing routes. Um, I think that if he does connect with Ricky Seals-Jones, it's going to be something where I just, you know, throw my hands up and say, well, you know, everybody else was smarter than me at this point. But there, there, there are other value tight ends who I can look at and feel a lot more comfortable with. Uh, so it looks like across the board, we're all very interested in celebrating Christmas with the big dog this week in the yeah. DF and the DraftKings main slate. I'm just, I'm so excited to get him in, dude. Ezekiel Elliott with fresh legs against that dude. Do you remember how bad they looked? And they were at home last week, right? Was were they at home or was that in LA? Do you remember? It feels like they were at home. It feels like Gurley had to travel there to play them. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me see. The Gurley played in Seattle. Gurley went to Seattle to play them. Yeah, so, I mean, it, that defense was at home last week and let Gurley do that to them. Now they got to travel down to Dallas? I just, how much does it worry you that, uh, about Tyron Smith looking like he's going to be unavailable? Does it bother you? Yeah, that always bothers me. He is the, I mean, he, he's the second best player on the team behind Zeke, and he's a huge component in that offensive line. I mean, it just makes it less of a Dak Prescott game and more of a Zeke Elliott game. And they've got the guys up front, the bodies up front, front they can still run the ball. But that's a blow, dude. Yeah. He is he he is a – if you ever see Tyron Smith in person practicing, <laughs> I mean, it's something – He looks – he's a cartoon. It's truly something to behold. He is – it's not – there's not many humans on the planet like Tyron Smith. Yeah, no, he's 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 like a cartoon. I forget what um, I forget what uh, what uh, Joey Bosa had something funny to say about him. He's you know, he said something like he looks like cartoonish or like just a made up man from a you know some kind of movie, just because he really just is. He looks like a he look, he, he looks like a fake person. You know, it looks like a looks like something that was created for some kind of Hollywood movie. But um, it's a it's a it's a sprained LCL. Uh, I just I'm pulling it up on Roto World. It looks, it looks like they're, they're from what Roto World has from their aggregation, saying that it seems like based on all the reports that he's unlikely to play Sunday. It looks like it'll be Byron Bell filling in. I don't care. Byron Bell is. St I mean, who who's playing? I mean, who was Gurley running behind with all those open holes? Those guys like Rob Havenstein and stuff like that. So I don't think you necessarily need the full complement of Dallas Cowboys. Um, Lyman for just to to be able to make him go. I, I love Ezekiel Elliott this week. I think that that offensive line is still way, way far above average, even without a Tyron Smith. Um, 
I don't see it as a situation like it was versus the Washington Redskins where the whole game plan got foiled simply because um, simply because the left tackle couldn't uh, – not against the Redskins versus the – I believe that was the Falcons where the whole game plan was just absolutely foiled because they couldn't get anything going on offense without Zeke and they just – whoever – I forgot who had six sacks that game. Some some scrub had six sacks for – I wouldn't, wouldn't say a scrub, but a guy who just never – uh, who who was that who had six sacks against the the? the oh, um, it was for the Falcons. Clay the Adrian Falcons, Claiborne. Who, yeah, Adrian Claiborne. So not not a scrub, but a guy. He's like, since when do you expect that guy to come in and get six sacks? Just uh, you know, completely demolish their whole game. I don't see that being the case. Whenever you do have Ezekiel Elliott in there, who can keep the defense honest and not let them pin their ears back all the time. What's the number one thing you can do to an opposing pass rush? A great opposing pass rusher. You 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 run the football right fucking at them right and so that's what you do if you're the Dallas Cowboys and I just I, I love Zeke this week it's going to be really really hard for me to get off of him as I'm looking at the early ownership projections it looks like we have Zeke projected to be owned in about 28 percent of uh, contests in in uh, in contests like the Millionaire Maker I guess there's not really a true Millionaire Maker this week but. I guess we kind of mean in contests like the big $8 um, tournament this week. We have them at about 28%. I'm looking at Roto Grinders ownership percentages, and they have exa- Chris Gimino has it exactly the same. He has it at 27.5%, give or take. So, uh, I, you know, fine with me. I will be over the field on Ezekiel Elliott if only one third of owners are going to have him on their teams. I think that by the time the uh, by the time lineup lock comes around, it might be a little bit higher because Byron, do you used to have? I mean, Todd Gurley's another guy that we love, but do you have a little bit of trouble paying up eleven hundred more for Todd Gurley and what the matchup tool has is a very tough matchup. Um, well, yeah. What what, what, what I was going to say is beyond Zeke Elliott at eight thousand dollars on the Sunday main slate at DraftKings. It's actually interesting that neither you or I really showed much agreement with the statistical models and the analytics this week or the trends. Uh, In the $6,000 range, uh, Devontae Freeman made it on my end of things. I saw that Dion Lewis made it on your end of things uh, onto this week's DraftKings cheat sheet, DFS cheat sheet for our pro subscribers. But you know, I I would assume what we were both thinking is it's a tough matchup and an insanely high price point for Todd Gurley. So there's just so many other options. We defaulted to uh, to some cheaper options that also have quite a bit of upside this week. And Todd Gurley made the cheat sheet. The analytics still love him. Boom, boom. One A, one A, even without any of our staff. One A, one A, one B with Zeke Elliott. You know. Yeah, and and the you know the fact of the matter is Todd Gurley even at that ninety one hundred dollar price, I mean he has a, he has a he has a DK median of twenty three point one points, a DK average of twenty five point zero five points, and even though he's fourteen percent uh, higher this week as far as his salary than his season average, he has been three xing that salary forty three percent of the time this season. So if 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 he if he was ninety one hundred in every matchup that he played this season, he would be getting you. You know, cash game value forty three percent of the time. Um, just a really incredible you know, stat there. Really, just incredible feat that that you know he's been playing like a, he's been playing this year like a you know a nine thousand dollar player for the whole entire time. I think it's just the fact that Zeke Elliott just seems like he's so much cheaper. You know, in a week where we just need this value, we need it so bad. 
Um, I find myself going a lot more to Zeke. I think that house, that's how it's going to be with a lot of people. And maybe I'm underestimating the amount of folks who are going to, you know, look at the game logs and just say, whoa, look what he did last let's, week. Four touchdowns. Let's talk about both Devontae Freeman and Deion Lewis, who also both made uh, – both made the sheet uh, in the six thousand dollar range with six trends, uh, but neither neither both you and I agreed on on both of those players. So again, it was still still been uh, a little bit of conflict this week in, in in putting the running back group together. What are your thoughts on Devonte Freeman and Dion Lewis this week? Well, I like Dion Lewis versus our number one matchup for opposing runners at home as a big favorite versus Buffalo. Rex Burkhead is now out. Uh, we could see Mike Gillisley get activated. He could be interested down there at $3,900. Uh, this would be a revenge a revenge game for Mike Gillisley. Uh, just the fact that he's been inactive this whole time, the fact that he was just so touchdown dependent to start the season, I think that Dion Lewis could get a lot of run here. No Burkhead. Um could open some things up for him in the passing game. It could also open some things up for James White. But we've just seen that the traditional runner in this scheme is Deion Lewis. Everything sets up for a guy who's sort of a traditional runner, uh, big home favorite versus our number one matchup of the week. He's pretty, you know, pretty cheap at six thousand. It still feels like a little bit too much to pay for him. I mean, if you look at how many times he's three x that over the course of the season, he's only three x that salary seven percent of the time. You know, this is a guy who only has a, a median scoring profile on DraftKings, uh, sh- you know, showing 9.45 points, and he's 28% more expensive this week uh, than he has been on average this season. So um, I think more than anything, this is certainly not a pricing play. This is certainly not a volume play. This is a situational play that has to do with this game, you know, the way that it looks like the game script is kind of playing out and the way that – the injury situation has kind of come to a head there with Rex Burkhead. And the fact that they seem like they're not really using James White. And would it just seem like the perfect week for Bill Belichick to just give up? You know, I, look, I'm not thrilled about the Deion Lewis play. There wasn't really just anybody I liked in the, in the mid-range. So he's just the name that I offered up uh, along with Christian McCaffrey, who I have a little bit of intrigue in just because I'm interested in getting in uh, to that uh, Carolina um, at home versus Tampa Bay game uh, with a fair amount of – with a fair amount of volume and exposure, but the guy who you offered up as the guy who you like. Well, liked hey, let me let me make Devontae a comment Freeman. real quick on the on on the Dion Lewis side of things. Prior to this podcast at forty one hundred, I was definitely more interested in James White, who on the season has the higher median uh, than Dion Dion Lewis and DraftKings. You know, let's be honest, Dion Lewis has really seized a big role the last four to six weeks of the season, and I. I get the logic that look if Rex Burkhead's not there, then Dion Lewis is going to get Dion Lewis's goal lines and Rex Burkhead's goal lines. But like you said, just the time when nobody's thinking that James Roll has a role in that offense is the time that you get a little bit of goosey about Patriot games from Bill Belichick. There, uh, you've talked to me a little more back into Dion Lewis, but but like you said, man, you're you're not thrilled about it. So I'm not going to use any Dion Lewis. I don't think. <laughs> As a, as of the recording of this pod on you know Friday afternoon, I'm like I don't think I'm going to be using any Deion Lewis. That's of course is subject to change. I think I think if I think if Gil, I think if Gillisley is inactive, I think I all all of a sudden become a lot more interested in Deion Lewis because I think you got to give him the goal line work, right? Yeah, it would seem like it. But you know what? What have we done lately? A lot of these situations when it's just 
when it's a pure headache, pure stay headache, away. stay away. Yeah. Make your life Just easy. Make some stay cash. away from stay it. Away. What I noticed that Devonte Freeman wasn't in your list of recommendations. You mentioned that you didn't like really too many players in that price range. I did have some mutual interest in Christian McCaffrey, who I don't believe that, uh, it made the sheet. What were your concerns about Devonte Freeman, who's been beasting with yeah, with a good I, matchup I, I, and, this week? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 been beasting. I think that you know. I probably led a little bit of my bias from last season about the home, the Devontae Freeman home road splits sort of you know, shroud my opinion there. He's actually, I'm looking at his home road splits this year. He's actually been a lot better in away games. Now, that being said, I think that has to do a lot with the monster that he just recently had at Tampa Bay. But, um, you know, it's just the fact that Tevin Coleman's going to be back. You know, I feel like the price that I'm paying is uh, a price that, you know, is probably more commiserate with what, um, you know, the way that he'd be valued if Tevin Coleman was 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 not in the game. Maybe not. Maybe if Tevin Coleman's not in the game, Devontae Freeman is like a seventy five hundred dollar guy. You know, that could be the case. I just think you know, the la- in, in the last outing versus uh, New Orleans, only put up to fifteen point one points. In that game on DraftKings, um, was not targeted. They used uh, who did they who did they use in that game as far as a receiving weapon out of the backfield? I don't even know. They they did not target Devontae Freeman at all in that one. He did get the twenty four attempts though. So if uh, I believe that that might have been his most attempts of the whole yeah it was his most uh, rushing attempts of the whole entire season last time versus uh, versus New Orleans. So I don't know, man. Um, for me, it just I I. I kind of I kind of think that Atlanta's going to get smoked in this game. That I'm not sure it's going to be a game script where they're going to be able to give him a whole bunch of you know just a whole bunch of rushes. Um, if it shoot you know I think if it shoots out, I'm more interested in guys like Mohamed Sanu, Julio Jones. You know I guess Julio Jones is hard to get too excited about at his price uh, going against Marshawn Lattimore. But the Mohamed Sanu's maybe the Tevin Coleman's is like receiving options. Out of the backfield, I, I just I think, think you're getting too creative. For me, you're that, getting too creative. I associate Devontae Freeman with being a big time player that shows out in big time games, and this is a big time game for the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. This isn't only for the Falcons' playoff life. This, I believe. I mean, I know the Panthers are still in the mix. Look, look, the Falcons play the the Saints and the Panthers the next two weeks. I believe that division might still be up in the air. The no the new yeah the NFC South yeah we should, we we definitely need to do our get our playoff scenarios right before we go on the serious show, but I yeah the NFC South is still up in the air it is so yeah like we were talking about with with Carolina earlier it's still so, up in the air so I mean it's a it's a big game I st- I, I think that these guys get smoked I just say in a good matchup at sixty five hundred dollars it's worth considering he also made this week's draft cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com. the DraftKings draft cheat sheet you can see who what other running backs made it? You can also see who's on the FanDuel cheat sheet with the pro subscription at rosterwatch.com. Alex, there's a bunch of guys that you and I, or a few guys that you and I agreed on that are nowhere to be seen on this week's draft cheat sheet. We've talked about who made it. I'd kind of like to talk about a couple of the guys that didn't make it. And I noticed that Joe Mixon was one that both you and I had in our recommendations at a good price point, $5,100. At home, uh, in what looks like a really good matchup on paper, per the proprietary and very robust matchup tool at rosterwatch.com. Yeah, how did yeah how did how did Mixon not make it? It seems like 
It seems like he'd be somebody that the analytics would like if he's going to be coming back. Now, it could be that he's still getting a ding on one of his trends because I'm not, I know that he's been practicing in full, but I'm not sure. Does that mean he's completely concluded? It seems like once they get that practice in, it seems like if they're not officially clear, is he officially cleared from the concussion protocol? Oh, yeah. Mixon's right right now, it appears Mixon's ready to go. If Mixon's ready to go, I like him at fifty one hundred. I think it's a, uh, I think it's an interesting play. I think a lot of people are going to be off of him. It's a what have you, you know? It's a what have you done for me lately type of, you know, recency bias game that we play here. How far off the cheat sheet is he? Does like how many trends does? He, oh God, I mean he's nowhere near making it. He's nowhere. He has, he has minus one trends. So I don't know how we could ever get him on. The least trends that we even have on this very cheat sheet is three guys so that you pretty guys that you have to strongly be considering at, at least in out in, in our opinion the models didn't seem to agree with it uh, in the main slate at DraftKings this Sunday uh, of course they're going to be both Saints running backs and look after Cream Hunt came off that monster last week how can you not be interested in, in a must win game at, at home this week those. Against the shitty Dolphins. Those guys are nowhere to be seen on this week's draft cheat sheet. and Yeah, and you know what? Just like I was talking last week on the radio, I said I'm so pissed off that Aaron Rodgers can't be on there. And I was thinking about going against the analytics and saying, look, these analytics are donk, you know. I, I'm just going to make an executive decision. I'm going to get Aaron Rodgers on the sheet. And sure, I mean, a lot of the times, man, I, we just got to go with it. I mean, we, we don't do all this work. We don't gather all this data. We don't get have all this proprietary scouting intel for no reason. And I, I just, I, I like you, am, am very surprised that we couldn't get either of the Saints runners on there and that we couldn't get Kareem Hunt on there. I personally am going to be playing some Alvin Kamara. I have it, I, I have it in my mind that, that the Atlanta Falcons are a team who you can beat badly via the opposing receiving running back. I mean, look. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, I believe was it in the Atlanta game whenever he got concussed last time? Was that in the Atlanta game? Let me look and see. Falcons uh, at New Orleans was it Week 14? Was the week that he was? Yeah, he played 12. Yeah, he played 12 percent of snaps. That was the week where he started out with with three targets and four touches for 20, 27 yards, and then he got he was he he looked like he was on pace to have his biggest game of the season the last time he faced off against these guys. So, Christian, um, I'm going to be get. I'm 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 very interested in Alvin Kamara this week. I think I'm more interested in him than I am in Mark Ingram. Even though I said I think that that, that I think that the Saints are going to easily put away these these Falcons, and that would generally mean like, you know, more of Mark Ingram sort of pounding them away, like just putting the just dust in these idiots away, like he's been doing, and he's been getting he's been breaking off some huge runs. Uh, in the meantime, while he's been just having to dust off these other teams. But I think the way that they do get up big initially is through a ton of Alvin Kamara. Mark Ingram's been absolutely sensational. Um, He's a couple hundred dollars cheaper than Kamara, so that might be the difference as well when you're putting together your lineups if you're trying to zero in on one of those Saints running backs. A great way to do that is to go to HyperDFS at RosterWatch.com and just go lock in Mark Ingram, lock in Alvin Kamara, and hit generate. You'll have an expert quality DraftKings or FanDuel lineup in just a matter of seconds. Yeah, th- yeah. Th- these players don't have to be on the on the cheat sheet. My best tournament team last week, um, my best tournament team last week 
I put in, I put in Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, and I talked about it all week, and I, that's what I wanted to do because I loved them both so much. And I just I put those two guys in, and I just generated lineups around them on Hyper DFS until I finally found one that I really liked, and that's the one that I input into my main tournament lineup. It was it turned out to be my best lineup of the whole entire week. So uh, yeah, by all means, going to Hyper DFS is an awesome lineup generator. It's addictive and it's fun. Uh, we can't recommend it enough uh, for our pro members there at Roster well, it's, Watch. It's, it's, it's right, why, we, but hold, hold on. It's why it's cool we get to do this podcast because even the guys that don't make the sheet, guys that Alex and I like every week, we can kind of let you in on. And just quickly, the running back – Like Demir Bird last week. Like Demir the, Bird. The, the, the running <laughs> you know? backs that yeah. Alex and I are personally showing agreement on this week as we uh, observe the landscape of uh, the main slate, the Sunday main slate at DraftKings – uh, Alex and I are both interested in a $5,100 Joe Mixon. If we're paying up, we're both interested in Cream Hunt, Alvin Kamara, and Mark Ingram. None of those guys made uh, the DFS cheat sheet. I noticed Alex, oh, we're also mutually interested in Christian McCaffrey and a connection there with Cam Newton. Uh, Alex, you had no interest in LaShawn McCoy or Kenyon Drake, both two very regular characters uh, on the draft cheat sheet in recent recent weeks. You, you got to take a stand somewhere. You can't give people, I mean, we can't say every name in the whole goddamn world, you know, it's like, you guess, you know, at some point you got to say, these are the guys I like, you know? And I mean, if, if I just, if I try playing all these idiots, I'm just going to spread myself too thin. I'm not going to make any money. You know, it's like going to the roulette table, just putting it, you know, putting, putting, um, one chip on each one, you know, it's like, you're not gonna make any money that way. So just got not, a, not, not interested. Uh, eliminate you know? those guys, especially when 7,100 is too much for Kenyon Drake, man. Damian Williams has been back at practice. Yeah, he's overpriced. What about Shady McCoy against the new England Patriots? I mean, there is a reason to consider there's going to be people considering that play, right? Yeah. They're going to be people considering that play. I think it's probably fine. It's just like you look at last time versus the Patriots. They, I don't know if they spied him or what they did, but it, I mean, it's, it was one of his worst games of the season there at home. And, and you know, generally at home is the one time that you can you can trust Shady McCoy. His his home road splits over the course of his time at Buffalo have been absolutely drastic, and that's continued this year. Twenty one point two points on DraftKings at home, thirteen point seven points away. You know, so eight and a, a seven and a half point difference as far as you know, home and away game splits. This he's going to the bad side of it. So, you know. Bill Belichick, I know it's cliche to say, but he takes away your best weapons. We know that he loves taking away Charles Clay, and the way that I see it, you know, he he loves taking away LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, who internally is sharing just the same amount of trends with Alvin Kamara, both trending positively, reasons to like him, just not able to put him at the top of the heat as far as the outputs of the statistical mo models. Quickly before we move on, Alex, a couple of cheap running backs. Can you... We gonna give away the whole cheat sheet here? No, guys that aren't on here. <laughs> okay. Can you believe Duke Johnson's median on the season? Uh, his 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 DK median. Yeah, check that thing out. That's pretty high. It's a pretty high median. But the thing about thirteen point nine point median, uh, and he's also come through on this price at 4500 at Chicago, come through on this price 50% of the time. So uh, as far as getting to 3X, I don't know, man. It just seems like the usage has gone down. It felt like the games where he was getting there, at least to 
at least to start. Um, you were getting a little bit lucky. Some kind of deal where it was like six touches that where it resulted in, in some kind of, uh, you know, I mean, this last game, what is it? So, yeah, so, I mean, seven targets last week. It was the five receptions that really helped him last week at home versus Baltimore. He had the four reception floor uh, the week before versus Green Bay. So, yeah, it looks like, for what, five, what, how many, four out of the last six? No, five out of the last seven weeks. Whoa, well, it's been, no, going, shoot, going back to, just going back to week two, he's only not gotten you double digits. One, two, is that right? Going back to week two, he's only gotten you double digits three times, only three times he hasn't gotten you, gotten you double digits. That's incredible. An awakening right here yeah. on the podcast is 4500 4500 bucks, man. Duke Johnson, I think you got to consider it. He's at least still po- uh, trending positively in the models, just not high enough to make the sheet this week. And the other... And Crowell hates, hates you, Jackson. Did you see the, uh, the person who tweeted... The person who tweeted Crowell's... Uh, Crowell's likes from his, from his Twitter... It was just a bunch of media reporters talking shit about you. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. He's a little bit of a miscreant. Always has been. Yeah, always he is, has he been. Is. Remember what he did about the cops there in Cleveland? I mean, just a little bit of a miscreant, man. The other guy that the trash man's uh, had it all right all along the last few weeks on a $3,700 Jonathan Stewart didn't make the cheat sheet, a guy that caught my eye with the big blue matchup. I was consider I was considering adding him on as a staff trend in in the low range, but I just, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I like Cam. I'm going to play Cam. I think if I have him in there, um, you know, if if I have him in there, I'm just I'm going to be too tilted to want to even do any of this stuff with Jonathan Stewart, but god, you could see it being a, an, another one of these games, I think. A big pile of wide receivers here on the cheat sheet. Should we get to those, Alex? Do we want to tackle them, or do we want to leave those to the imagination? Maybe hit up tight end and defense. No, no. We, no, we can tackle just a couple of them. Just uh, how about tackle one that you're that you're super surprised by? I'll tell you, my biggest surprise is Jarvis Landry. What the fuck? Well, I'm I'm actually um, it's, that's awesome, man. Because I was gonna say it wasn't. I was gonna say it, it wasn't my biggest surprise, but it was the one that made me the most pleased to see that made it. That I didn't think that I Why? didn't think would make it. Go look. Go look Why? at Jarvis Landry's median. He's been awesome, man. In PPR, Jarvis Landry's median's I mean, I been it. awesome. I just in get PPR. it. But how, why does Jarvis Landry have more trends than any of the sick receivers on this on this slate? Is it just that he's? I mean, he's been getting sick. He's pricing? been getting sick, man. A fifteen over fifteen point DraftKings median. It's unbelievable. At sixty three hundred dollars, yeah. you can't get that kind of median until you get up to. Michael Thomas and Adam Thielen in the seventy five hundred to eight thousand dollar range. Yeah, and Adam Thielen's not on this. Adam Thielen's not on this slate, but golly, he's got a better meet. He's got a better median than Keenan Allen. That's crazy, man. In PPR, he's paid off this sixty three hundred dollars salary forty three percent of the time this year. It's unbelievable. Not it looks like he's getting over averaging over ten targets per game. As usual, low fantasy points per target guy just because he's such a low yards per target guy, 5.86 yards per target. But, yeah, I mean, if he's averaging seven receptions a game, just comes with such an incredibly incredibly high floor. I think he's probably more of a more of a cash game play for me. But, it, I mean, dude, I, I've, I've come to realize that, you know, these guys that are good cash game plays that provide solid floors, as long as you have ceiling games from the rest of your lineups, 
they they could be tournament plays as well. I was just I was surprised to see that the analytics love Jarvis Landry so much this week. He's typically a guy that we don't we don't really love too much. Pleased um, to see that Ken, Kendall the, Wright made it at thirty seven hundred. I know you were in on him. Thirty eight hundred. You feel a little bit gross getting in on Kendall Wright, but he's a guy that the Vegas tool up at rosterwatch.com has loved. For the last couple of weeks, it's paid off really well. These last two weeks where Kendall Wright has had a couple of big games, I believe, over the course of the last two. Let me just pull up on the snap counts, touches, and targets tool here at rosterwatch.com. In week 15, Kendall Wright had 13 targets. In week 14, Kendall Wright had 11 targets, 24 targets over the last two games, averaging 12 targets per game. We know that... Uh, facing the Cleveland Browns, he will you know playing mostly out of the slot. He won't be seeing any of McCourty. And the way that you beat these Cleveland Browns with how deep they keep those safeties back is via the tight end and via the sort of inside slot wide receivers. Uh, just because they give up so much uh, with Jabril Peppers and these safeties that back so far back in the formation, um, they give up so much space there over the middle of the field. It's been basically. Uh, something that you can do every last week, you know, Ben Watson. I talked about him on the radio show. I just, I'm just going to go ahead and play him because even though his usage has been a little bit down, you play these types of guys versus the Cleveland Browns. And the fact is with uh, Adam, Adam Shaheen looking like he's unlikely to play Zach Miller out for the season. I don't really trust a guy like Deion Sims to be the tight end I play against these guys. And so the guy I'm going to choose to play in that role is going to be Kendall Wright. And it makes a lot more sense this week than it did uh, back in week one, whenever Kendall Wright was chalk. And we told you it's so stupid to play a chalk Kendall Wright in week one of DFS. This is a little bit of a different deal. And I think I'm going to need some savings this week. I think I'm perfectly fine uh, paying down for Kendall Wright if I cannot find the savings elsewhere. I do think that there's a couple of uh, runners that have opened up his value that you might be able to get into at that same sort of range if you don't want to pay down there. But heck, you might want to pay down to two different spots to be able to get maybe two of these elite runners. Maybe you want Gurley. Maybe you want Zeke Elliott. To be able to get that done, you're going to need at least you know one of these guys that's down there in that uh, sub 4K range. And I think that I think that uh, I think the Kendall Wright's going to be popular this week because of it. We only have him projected as 10% ownership. I think as you know, people start consuming more DFS content coming into the uh, Sunday slate. I think that number is going to go up. I would not be surprised to see him in the $8 tournament being as high as 17. You know, seventeen and a half to twenty-two and a half percent. The cool thing about the DFS cheat sheets and hyper DFS is that we're able to continue updating these as we get more trends coming in from Las Vegas from now all the way through Sunday morning. So you guys definitely want to stay tuned. Make sure that you're always running the most recent version of hyper. Make sure that you're checking for the latest, most up-to-date version of the DraftKings or FanDuel cheat sheet, draft cheat sheet, DFS cheat sheet, I'm sorry. Alex, I'm pleased to see that Doug Baldwin, we talked about him earlier, he made he made this week's sheet um another guy at 6300 if you're, you know, spinning up more on some of those running backs that we discussed, the guy, you know, if you want to get into Zeke Elliott, like you said Doug Baldwin makes perfect sense there. Yeah, I love Doug Baldwin this week at 6,300, and I just don't think his ownership is going to be as high. We talked a lot about him earlier. I think that this is the kind of spot where um, he could really pop off, and we've seen it you know, coming down the stretch of these seasons, coming into crunch time. Uh, Doug Baldwin sometimes has some of his monsters. I do not want to be the one to miss out on it, especially with the exposure that I plan to have 
uh, with Ezekiel Elliott. Let's just, I mean, we have, I guess we have, what, 10 of these guys on the sheet this week. Uh, you can mix and match them. You can go to rosterwatch.com, go to HyperDFS. Just keep on running HyperDFS until you have a lineup that, that you like. Lock in certain players. Uh, lock in the correlations that you like. Um, you know, be it, what, defense and running back or quarterback and wide receiver, quarterback and tight end. Uh, heck, I mean, you could even do it quarterback and running back, I think, this week in the case of Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara or in the case of Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. And then just let our let our analytics and our uh, staff trends and all of our other trends build your lineup for you until you have the one that you like. There's t- there's tens and hundreds of thousands of clicks each week on HyperDFS as all of Roster Watch Nation <laughs> maniacally quick, gets their lineups ready. Quick thoughts on, quick, quick thoughts on the matchup between Tyreek Hill and Xavier Howard. What do you think about that? I think Xavier Howard's been so much better, man. I mean, but I'm not sure I'm going to run away from him just yet. But I always get a little bit goosey about Tyreek Hill just because his target volume isn't quite as high as as you as you'd like it to be. And he's always kind of he isn't a guy that's going to, you know, he's not a Jarvis Landry who's going to be presenting you that kind of floor, you know. I mean, it's a, I think Tyree kills a tournament play. I, I don't think I would play him in, in cash. I think if I'm playing 6,500 in cash, I would turn to, I would just pivot to Doug Baldwin. I would pivot to Robert Woods. I'd certainly pivot to Mike Evans uh, or I'd pivot to Jarvis. But in tournaments, I think Tyree kill perfectly fine. Xavier Howard, more, uh, you know, training camp intelligence coming home to roost there. He has been very, very good. And you know what? If he can hold down Brandon Cooks, maybe he can hold down Tyreek Hill. You know, that's a good point. It's um, a similar player. And, and the good the thing about Xavier is, you know, usually some of these little bit bigger corners you think it might be a bad – like if you saw a Brandon Cooks or a Tyreek Hill against a Richard Sherman, you're not so concerned as you think they can out be out, shift too shifty for those guys. Xavier Howard just – such an explosive athlete. He's pretty long arm. It's, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I'll be as a just a fan of football. Be interested to observe that one. With that being with that being said, sometimes he can explode in the wrong direction and just blow plays. So we can and when that Tyreek happens, when, it's a touchdown for Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I, I for for me, Tyreek in tournaments only. Uh, who's who's one player who you had to leave off of your staff trends? Who's not in the cheat sheet? who you're a little bit worried about, because there's one that's very obvious to me. Somebody that I had to leave off the sheet that I'm very worried about? Yeah, was there anybody? There were two guys for me, actually. I mean, I'm most concerned about the Saints running backs and potentially Kareem Hunt. Probably the Saints running backs not making the sheet. That scares me. What about the wide receivers? What, are you worried about Brandon Cooks? No. I'm worried about Josh Gordon. Oh, it's a great talking point. Now that now that now that everybody's off of him, nobody's going to play him. I think the, I mean I just don't want I don't want to be the you know the week I get off of Josh Gordon, the you know I don't want the week that I get off of him is to be the week that he goes big and the other one that we just simply can't get on is DD Westbrook at his new price. His price got raised by what? $1200 from last week after you know, it, everything lined up perfectly. What, I, what happened to Didi last week? Marquise Lee goes down, and it turns into the Jaden Mickens and you know Keelan Cole show. Um, this is this is the 
this is the type of matchup where D.D. Westbrook could go epically under-owned whenever he, whenever he was like the second most owned player on all of DraftKings last week in the Millionaire Maker. Everybody's going to feel burned by him by the five, whatever, 5.5 points he put up last week, while the other wide receivers on that team went absolutely bananas. They went absolutely ham. One of the things that I was so surprised to see whenever I made the matchup tool this week is that the matchup tool says that San Francisco, who's been a pitiful turnstile that we just have, have always, you know, always targeted running backs against for the last few years, is now that Reuben Foster's back, like... They've been good against the run. And I just I wonder if the path of least resistance is more Blake Bortles throwing the football. I know they're going to pound it with Leonard Fournette. They haven't faced a beast like Leonard Fournette. Boy, Reuben Foster versus Leonard Fournette. What kind of that's the kind of football that we, we're going to like to watch. Well, Reuben Foster's but, always um, been on the good side of that one. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely true. Um, I, I just I, I think that this could be the week where everybody gets off a of DD. He's more expensive. He busted last week. Um, but you know he's he's getting the target volume without Marquise Lee. He's certainly the number one wide receiver there. I mean, in in season long, I'm definitely interested in Portals this week, and I, I I have interest in him. But what about D.D. Westbrook? Yeah, I mean, I th- I th- I think it's an interesting play. I mean, it's interesting. You've you you've been interested in D.D. Westbrook every single week for like the last seven weeks. So <laughs> I, I know well, I've been interested in D.D. Westbrook ever since ever since before he came off of IR. It's just he's sixty one hundred this week. He's uh, I think a it's too much, man. It's too week. much. It's still too much in my opinion. Uh, but you did raise a good point. Uh, the Cleveland Browns wide receivers. I'm still and I still have some level of interest in both of them this week does scare me to leave Josh Gordon off the sheet. And then Corey Coleman, once again, just right around that $4,000 mark is that's a a really reasonable continues to be a reasonable price point for him. You, you you bring up a good point in that San Francisco Jaguars matchup though. Alex is a, I'm interested from afar. I'm interested in Leonard Fournette this week in the main slate on DraftKings on Sunday. You're a Fournette owner. He didn't make the sheet. Where, Where are you at on Fournette this week? Well, for one, we're all Fournette owners, right? <laughs> we all are. All the roster watch nation is. Um, I think that, and for two, I think that it's such a trash man. It's who cares if I'm, if, if I'm a Fournette owner? <laughs> I'm, a fan, I'm a professional fantasy analyst. It doesn't but, um, matter. You can still do, never I, replace I, the nuance that a, a season long owner has with a, just a dear asset like yeah, that. Yeah, and 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 be and because you know that I own him, and, and I'm there's just been so much so, tumult right. with him. That you need to know, right. you have to have been kind of down in that foxhole lately to know from afar. I'm looking at it saying seventy three hundred dollars. I'm more interested in Leonard Fournette than I am in Todd Gurley at nine thousand dollars this week on DraftKings. He didn't make the sheet though, and I'm sitting here thinking, well, look, you know, maybe Alex knows he's owned him. He maybe he know, maybe he knows more about. It. Is this still a situation where you're worried about a limited snap count, or you know, what's going on? Are you are you excited to roll mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette Fournette out in your season long? Championship. No, it's season long. I am. Yeah, it's season long. I am. He's just. He's just not really on. He's not as much on my radar for DFS, and that could be wrong. You know, I think. I think the San Francisco matchup has gotten harder. I got to trust what our tools are telling me, and the tools are saying it's actually trending towards being a bad matchup right now. So, I think that. Um, I. I just. I, I think. It, I think if it's a better matchup for Zeke, Zeke's at home. I'd rather have a guy who's a home favorite than a guy who's a. A kind of kind of a short road favorite. I know that all of the sharp, you know, all of the public money is right now is pouring in on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I was listening to um, 
the buffet podcast with uh, with Chad Chad Millman, the buffet podcast with Chad and Scooch. And uh, Bob Scucci is saying that the Jaguars game right now, as far as public money and public bets, is the most bets and the most public money, the chalkiest game on the Jaguars side that they've had the entire season. And all of the sharp money is coming in on the San Francisco 49ers. And so it just it worries me a little. You know, and what that has to do with probably is a lot to do with the fact that all the all of the professional bettors and all of the professional networks and all the professional groups that uh, make big moves on these games. They they're always going to usually take home home favorites. So I get that, but you know it's such a game where it's just such a such a big public favorite that the sharps are all fading. It makes me worry a little bit about. It makes me just worry a little bit about Fournette. Um, makes me worry a little bit about the projected game script that is going to be one where everybody thinks that they're going to want to be pounding the football out and just winning a game that they're already up big in. That could very easily be the case. I think just with me, the way that my lineup builds are going, I'm very interested in Ezekiel Elliott. If I'm paying up for another runner, I'm just so very interested in Alvin Kamara. So um, you got to draw the line somewhere. For my season-long exploits, I certainly hope that Leonard Fournette helps win me a championship this week. Uh, in this structure, though, that where we have a salary cap, where we have opportunity costs, where we have every player in the whole pool available to us, I, I just I don't find my, I don't find myself there very often. For the same reason, I don't find myself on like a Melvin Gordon in the same price range, who you know you could make a great argument for, especially with it looking now like Austin Eckler is not going to go. What do you think about putting a tight end and defensive bow on this thing so we can start? thinking about sliding this podcast under the tree for roster watch nation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for tight end, I think this is just a, this is just a pay up week. It's not going to be any, um, it's, it's either a pay up or, or pay down for me. I, th- there were some guys on here that I'm kind of surprised made the cheat sheet. So uh, you can go over them if you want to. I think that the obvious, you know, the, the, the best play is going to be, I think personally, um, for the price is 6,900 is probably Travis Kelsey going against Miami that just cannot, they're, they're, they're linebackers, even though they have a great safety in, in Rashad Jones, their linebackers cannot guard tight ends worth a shit. I think Kelsey's at home. I think ever since Nagy took over calling plays, they have gotten away from any of the cute shit and they've just gone, they've given the ball to Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt. Um, I could just see Ty. I, I can have. I, I can see Travis Kelsey having a big game here against our number four matchup of the week for opposing tight ends. We know about Gronk. We know he's from Buffalo. We know about that narrative. Uh, always goes big against those guys. So, like them both. I was really surprised to see no love for uh, a, a. Do you have any love for a stone minimum twenty five hundred dollar Antonio Gates this week? Now that Hunter Henry is on on, on the yeah, show. Yeah, I saw that on your list of player trends. I actually thought that was. A sharp play, definitely, definitely have interest, and that's going to give you the money to spend up on some of those other guys that you want. I think that's a sneaky and the smart play to pay. If you're going to pay day, pay down, pay way down, because I, I do differ with you a little bit in the sense of this is pay up or pay down, because uh, you know, I think you can compromise with Greg Olson in a great matchup right around five thousand dollars this week. I think if you're playing Cam, you can you you can play Olson. Once again, Olsen not 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 making the trends list, but I think you could play him. Um, and then you can go to rosterwatch.com, find out who we kind of who the analytics say they like as far as cheap guys. I'm not sure how much I like either of these dudes, but um, we will see how everything pans out. Generally, when the trends like them and I don't, I always have to kind of go reevaluate. How much you want to bet one of those uh, guys comes in high on the Vegas tool tomorrow? 
<laughs> Probably. Yeah, and I and I know and and I know which I know which one is going to be. It's going to be it's going to be the one that wears a the, that wears a light blue uniform. Um, and then let's go to the defenses. I mean, not really too much to get to here. I, I think that Jacksonville is always in play. Um, and then the defense that I really liked this week that I kind of thought was a, was a sneaky one, the Carolina Panthers. I was surprised to see that uh, that Vegas kind of agrees with me on that, even though Jameis showed that he was getting a little bit hot last week with Mike Evans. I just think no Deshaun Jackson, no O.J. Howard, no run game to speak of. Peyton Barber sucks. I think this is going to be a game where, uh, you know, at home, Carolina's defense plays so much better. I think that it could be a tough out overall for Tampa Bay. I could see, see some big plays coming from the Carolina Panthers defense and special No teams. interest in a $3,000 Cardinals defense at home against Eli Manning? Uh, I, maybe. I think you can interest me maybe a little bit. I think if I'm paying for that. I think if I'm just going to pay 3100 for the Panthers, maybe well, I'll Well, you, you don't you, you like maybe. Mike Evans this week. Yeah. So, I, you know, that was kind of the way I I like the Panthers at 3100 too, but and and they've been a, they've been good, but I mean, the, it kind of looks like Tampa Bay's offense is heating up a little bit, right? We have some interest in Mike Evans. I mean, I know the Panthers offense is good, but yeah. those are good players on the Bucks side of the ball. They can go hang some points on Carolina. I mean that is a that is a. I, I, I don't. Since when do we care about hanging points on them? Like you would like you're you're not gonna you're not gonna win by it's just saying a team like rostering teams against like the Chicago Bears or something because you just think the Bears aren't gonna score many points. There's not gonna be any. I think that this is gonna be a team. I, I think the Bucks are gonna have to drop back and pass the football. I think that that's gonna create more opportunities for sacks. It can create more opportunities for picks, possibly pick sixes, and then. In that sort of scenario, I don't care if Mike Evans catches ten balls and goes for one twenty in a yeah. But touchdown. when it's cl- when I'm, it's like it'll be it'll 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 it'll, it'll be from a negative game script the whole time. Like it almost lines up. Better. When I'm splitting you hairs, know, a lot of times I I I you know I I tend to prefer a lower over under game when I'm splitting the hairs. I, I mean, I think Tampa Bay is capable of winning that game, and and the reason I left McCaffrey off my list of recommendations ultimately aside from his price point, was because I think Quan Alexander and those guys can run Christian McCaffrey down. Uh, yeah, they can't. Oh, well, they're fast. <laughs> they're fast for sure. And Christian McCaffrey, as we've said, has, has gotten his gotten to where he looks a little bit puny and more of like a Danny Woodhead than a Reggie Bush, but certainly had a, has had a couple of big weeks. And I think if they line him up out of the slot wide receiver and just quit handing him the football behind the line of scrimmage as a running back, I think that they're kind of finding the way to use him, and he's been a whole lot better. Well, any any other thoughts on the? How, how about we each give our favorite play on the whole entire slate? We'll get this thing out of here and uh, wish Roster Watch Nation a Merry Christmas and a and a Happy Holidays, of, and, of course. Guys, we'll try to get to a breakdown of the finals and the listeners' leagues on the year end podcast when we put a wrap on this thing on 2017, a big 2017 for Roster Watch Nation. My favorite play on the slate is the big dog Ezekiel Elliott. Who is yours? I think he's mine as well, but since you took him, I'll go ahead and stick my neck out a little bit. And let's say that uh, I think big-time players play big in big-time games, and that's what I think Devontae Freeman is, man. 
Wow, you love him. All right, well, there you go. It's the Roster Watch Podcast. Uh, make sure and you make sure that you subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. Please rate it, review it, give us a good five star rating and a review. If you're not a pro member at rosterwatch.com, what are you doing? Please go to rosterwatch.com, get a pro membership, support us as we go to work for you uh, for the rest of this DFS season and through the offseason to make sure that you are never a fantasy football loser again. You can find it all at rosterwatch.com. So for Byron Lambert, for the trash man, for the robot genius, and for all of Roster Watch Nation, my name is Alex Dunlap. This is the Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. We will see you next time. <laughs>